This episode of Road Dirt is brought to you by Mimi and Moto, children's motorcycling books. The holidays and Christmas are fast approaching, and it's time to start thinking about presents for the kids in your life. Our friends Nancy and Mark, creators of the Mimi and Moto book series, would like you to join their mission to get more children excited about motorcycle riding. You can visit them at MimiAndMoto.com. That's M-I-M-I-A-N-D-M-O-T-O.com. MimiAndMoto.com. They've already got a couple of great books out that have been really good sellers for them in recent years. The Adventures of Mimi and Moto and Mimi and Moto Ride the Alphabet, along with t-shirts, onesies, ornaments, plushes, and things like that. They've got another one coming out uh, looks like in the coming year, it's going to be called Mimi and Moto's Magic Meteors, First Gear. Mimi and Moto are a, care, a pair of uh, motorcycle riding monkeys in their um, book series. And they're really entertaining. So uh, little kids are, are uh, definitely enjoying these. And I think whole families will enjoy them as well. Let's pass on a love for motorcycling to the next generation. And what better way to do it than with children's books that the kids will enjoy. MimiAndMoto.com Hey, this is Rob with Road Dirt, and we are with Josh Hayes, four-time AMA Superbike champion, who had a bit of an accident a couple of days ago here at the Barber Motorsports for the final race round. Josh, what happened, man? First of all, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank I you. I wish it was under better circumstances, man. What happened? Um, you know, just trying to get up to speed quickly, and uh, turn two kind of reached out and bit me, kind of caught yeah. me quick, and. It was a really violent snap, and I remember it going quiet for a while, and I go, oh, this is bad. You know, when you oh, got man. earplugs in, everything just goes quiet when you separate from the motorcycle, and uh, I don't really remember the impact after that. Got yeah. a couple little flashes. The lights really didn't come on until I was in the medical center for a little while. Melissa was already sitting next to me, but yeah. unfortunately, I broke my leg. Wow. Uh, first time I ever crashed my voice out. So yeah, you told I me. Actually, I actually, I think I, I whipped and hit the ground so hard that I strained my neck, and actually yeah. it was hoarse. And I, I was sitting there, and I go, did you guys intubate me? Did you guys put a tube in me? And yeah. they're like, no. I'm like, huh, okay, because you know, my throat was so That ruined. was a horrible injury, but that was an odd one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was you the first one for me. just couldn't talk for a bit, yeah. First one for me. I sound like Roger in the booth now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, just a little, a little, little raspy. Bit, a little bit gravelly, you know, gargling with gravel. But... Um, yeah, I saw the replay of it. Um, it was actually captured. I don't think any of the Moto America cameras captured. It was captured by, I think, a security camera on the track or something. Kind of. It was uh, early. It's first session. They usually don't yeah. have Moto America Live running quite right. yet. And so, if anything, they're just testing the cameras. But the camera that got the the full like crash, there were some of the other cameras actually had some footage. But the one that actually got the full crash, it wasn't really in focus that well. So, I yeah. think it was kind of their setup. and get everything up and running kind yeah. of part of the deal now you've been um you've been running with the with the squid hunter team I, until this year i I'd, I'd never heard of that tell me about the squid hunter team is that um, one of melissa's no teams or no who um, are they it's uh it's a cool name a too friend, by the way a friend uh peter strack <laughs> yeah who had started the program with his guy jordan strength mm -hmm. and uh what a great group of people i i tell him all the time with you know at this point and the success that we've had at both Daytona, Virginia, and then to go to New Jersey and have what happened. Yeah. The, the group of people he has assembled rivals some of the best factory teams I've ever ridden with on their attention to detail. Uh, we talk about how we've done something in the past and, and why we do it, and I never have to mention it again. They take it and they expand on it and run with it, and their level of professionalism is 
not improbable. It's impossible to get that yeah. many people together and have each of them do such an incredible job. Um, there's not a bad one in the group. It's, That's it's good. Really You've got a great team. It's really what a what a thing to come together. Um, Ed Sullivan from Westby connected us. They mm -hmm. had done the Daytona 200 with Michael Barnes. Uh, they had also done it with Simone Corsi, uh, and so they were they were dabbling in it already. Yeah. Um, Ed connected us, and we got to talking and said, "Hey, let's partner up and do this thing for Daytona." And we had such a good time working together. We had a super competitive motorcycle and had a great race. And uh, just said, hey, you want to you want to do a couple extras? And and I just told him, I go, look, I'm I'm really close to the all time win record. And they were like, oh man, this kind of sounds like fun. Yeah. And we discussed it at Re Atlanta. They're from the they're from the Florida area, so Atlanta, Virginia, were kind of the southeast ones, and they were pretty early in the season. They're like, well, which one you want to do? And I go, well, it's kind of your choice. Atlanta, Virginia are both pretty good tracks for me. I said, your problem is if we do one or you know, if we do the the first one and the second one, you're gonna have a problem because I'm gonna be leading the championship points. <laughs> 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 and uh, so no they go, okay, well, let's either, let's sure. do it this other way. So we just did Virginia. Yeah. We had a fantastic weekend in Virginia, winning one and losing the other one. I hair, you know, I know man, and it was, uh, tight. I was, it was watching. a fun race. And they were like, "All right, we made the right call because everybody wanted us in Road America, and we and, and the team like everybody in the team has jobs and stuff, so we couldn't really. This isn't anything we can really turn around and make something happen real quickly. So yeah. we knew we wanted to do a few more, so we started making uh, arrangements for the end of the season when we were back on the East Coast to be able to kind of finish things up. It was cool because I actually saw the Daytona 200. We covered it and uh, for Road Dirt and." Um, you know, it was great. I just, when I saw you grid up, I thought, oh, Josh coming out of retirement, you know, semi-retiring, he's gonna get back on the bike, that's cool. And then when you finished fourth, man, you were like right on the front pack. Um, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's something going on here, the guy. Well, and then and then as the season has gone on, as you reflect on the season, I mean, you're, 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 you're approaching if not at what some would consider middle age, and yet you are <laughs> spanking the young guys. When you when you reflect on getting back involved again, getting back in the seat, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. I, I never wanted to stop racing. I didn't retire. Yeah. I, I kind of Yamaha's business model changed, and yeah. their team shrank. My oldest teammate was 25. I was 42 at the time, so yeah. it's the way it worked out. And they wanted to keep me in the fold, so they gave me a job and mm -hmm. actually you know, kept me in the family, which I'm very thankful for. So yeah. I got to come back and dabble in some racing. I missed out on, on 18 completely. I, I dabbled, Melissa and I rode our own bike in Daytona in 19 and finished fourth. Yeah, Had a really yeah. good run at it. In 20, we were there, we were prepared. I was one of the fastest guys. Uh, I think I was on pole for the race whenever COVID happened at the event that canceled the event. Yeah. And then, you know, things kind of disappeared in 19 I did get to ride quite a few Moto America races in super sport also um I knew I still wanted to race I was doing some classic bike racing and getting to dabble in other things and uh when when you get a, a team outside of my home that says hey we want to do this thing with you I felt a certain obligation to be prepared so yeah Melissa allowed me the time and the, the selfish time to go train uh -huh. And I also used that as the opportunity to train Corey Ventura, who's riding for her. So yeah, yeah. the two of us were out going to work every day. So when I showed up at Daytona, I was prepared as I had been in quite a long time. And 
even with our penalty and starting dead last on the grid, I remember telling the crew, they were pretty panicked. I said, you know, this is a really long race and it's okay. I think we're going to be all right. I'm prepared to do 57 hard laps. And I don't know how many people here are ready to do that. And the fact that I was able to just play leapfrog and be in what third place on lap six or something was was just ridiculous. But, uh, what a, you know, I've been lucky in racing. A lot of people are lucky in other things. I've been lucky in racing and being in the right place at the right time, finding my way through the right, the right things, making calm, cool decisions. And, but I, you know, I learned my craft. That's the thing. I wasn't just supernatural at it. I I had a certain amount of, of natural talent. I had a decent aptitude for it, but I learned a lot of hard lessons and actually learned those lessons. So I'm able to come back and go through my old routines and things like that and set myself up for success pretty well. And having learned those things, I'm able to get back to that pretty well and be competitive still. Yeah. So I'm, I feel it's exciting to that. see you back out on the track. Yeah. A lot of us older chaps, it's great to, <laughs> it's great to see you out there, man. I, uh, we're, we're excited. For I don't it. think anybody out there loves it more than I do. Yeah. So the passion is still there. When the passion is still there, why not continue to you're like, I heard somebody refer to you as um, the Tom Brady of motorcycle racing. <laughs> Maybe he's the Josh Hayes of football. I like, I like that actually better. He's the Josh Hayes of football. Because <laughs> you do have a, a few, just a few years on him. Now, you know, you're you're looking at 50 in a couple of years. A I couple am. of three years. I'm not good and, at um, math. So. Yeah, yeah, just to do the math. As your as your training regimen, have you modified your training regimen any? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, not to before some, the leg. To some standard, like, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I was a professional racer, that's what I was. And once yeah. in a while, my other, the only other job I had was to be a husband. Once in a while, only when it was required in the off season, I had a and racer wife too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when racing was over like overnight like I finished at Barber in 2017 on Sunday we had a dinner that night when I woke up Monday morning I was a a husband soon to be father uh, homeowner coach mentor and a bunch of other things and maybe once in a while they'll let me ride a motorcycle and yeah now I can add truck driver to that I haven't seen my house since April because <laughs> I've been driving the family around in our in our Heartland RV following Moto America with Melissa running a team and I'm coaching and you know the the, the riding kind of came second to all of that so yeah. um you know we've done what we can on the road but I, I am in no way acting like a professional racer you know i'm doing a lot of other jobs and getting to race yeah. in the interim you know and you know the most important job are being a husband and being a dad fact how how is um how is being a dad affected your racing there's a question from one of our other writers that actually races as well you know, I I think I kind of have a gift to blankness a little bit because <laughs> I don't I don't think about it you know too much. Yeah. I, I am confident that Mel- Melissa is almost to a fault letting me know for the whole time we've been married that she does not need me. <laughs> She's got it under she control. She loves you, and, but doesn't need. Yeah, you. she wants to be with me. She doesn't need me, and and I'm confident that I'm with somebody that if something were to happen we both we both understand this world really well yeah if something were to happen I know my wife has it under control I don't have to worry too much she's a smart girl she's very capable a loving mother and and I know things will be okay yeah and I believe she feels the same way so we have we're lucky to have that and so 
I think more than anything, when when racing was getting done and we knew Hawk was on the way, I had talked about how much I wanted. I wish I could have raced and my children seen it to see me go after something I was passionate about. Yeah. And I don't get to go after it the same, like I'm gonna make a career of it in my late 40s. Right. But I still have a strong love for this and I want to work hard to be successful at it. And I want them to see that so that they will use that example in whatever it is they decide to go chase. And that was the next question I was gonna ask you, but I think you've already pretty much answered that. What do you wanna, what do you want your kids to, you know, remember as far as um, what they've learned from their old man, and I think it's, I think it's passion and dedication. Yeah, I, know? yeah. I don't care what it is that they decide to do, right? right. Like, if they, if they, my poor mother, she's so mad at me right now, <laughs> you know, and she, well, she's, she's been posting on the internet twenty something years of me having to do this, you know what yeah. I mean? And here I am, forty seven. She prayed I would never race a motorcycle again, and we're having to deal with this, and so now um. 85 wins. You have tied Miguel Duhamel, yeah. and I know that is that is an exciting thing. There were so many of us that were really hoping this last race round you were going yeah. to smash that record more than once. And um, when you look back over your career, what have been some of your um, favorite wins, some of your favorite um, memories? Just a couple, a couple of those briefly. Well, just kind of to tell the story, it's pretty crazy when we came to racing full-time in 1999. Yeah. I won the very first 750 Supersport race I entered at Daytona in 1999, and so that was pretty incredible. And then I would go, you know, on a three-year dry spell. Yeah. <laughs> that it would be 2003 before I would be able to win again uh, riding for Attack Suzuki, and I would win only a couple of races but go on to win that championship in 750 Supersport. Um but we were definitely thrown into the deep end where I was racing against all the factory superbike guys on a yeah. 600. So um, from there, uh, I got a few wins there. 0405 was another dry spell. And then Arian Honda hired me back towards the 600 thing. And I won some FX races and won the 600 or the, the Formula Extreme Championship in 2006. Yeah. That springboard with the new CBR 600 that came in 2007. 2007 was an incredible season. I think I won 11 races between Super Sport and Formula Extreme, and that's really where like the wins start to stack up in my in my credits, right? So yeah. 2006, seven, eight, I won quite a few races, and then 2009 when I got to Superbike. At the end of the season, I ended up running off seven, and then the next year was a, was a few less, and then when I got to 2012 and ran off 16 pretty quick. Yeah. From there, 13, 14, 15, you know, 16 yeah. really, really put a lot of numbers in the books. And, like, I I can remember every time the guys came to me in the booth and they would tell me where I was on the all-time win record, yeah. right? And I, I never was thinking about that number. I was fortunate that I was getting there, and all I did was focus on winning these races. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, Who have been some of your toughest opponents over the years, the ones you've enjoyed racing against the most? A couple of know, names. You know, like... When I link back, like early on, like in most of my championships, Tommy Hayden was there for so many yeah, of them. Yeah, one of the Hayden you know? boys. Yeah. Roger was there for most of my career. Yeah, like he he came from amateur racing at the same time that I made that transition into pro racing. So he's been there for every step of the way. Um, Blake Young and Superbike. I remember. But I him. raced against you know the Bostroms, Maladin, like Miguel De Hummel. I learned so much from him and Aaron Yates and Jamie Hacking, like. 
I'm going to forget so many because yeah. there, there are just so many to list that are people that I was out there racers, just yeah. banging bars with. And even in my amateur days when I was going to bat against Mark Young and uh, you know Ken Melville and Kevin Renzel and all this, I learned so much in my early years when club racing was so strong yeah. that it really set the stage well for me to, to be able to have the career that I had. What have been some of your favorite tracks? Man, Road America was always a favorite a on my track, list. Huh? I just, man, like, it was a track that I felt like I could really grind out laps with top gear straightaways, you know, second gear, 90 degree corners at the ends of them, but a yeah. little mix of fast corners and slow corners. And uh, I always liked Miller Motorsports Park. I thought that they did a, a beautiful job with that racetrack. And then, um, you know, I've had other tracks where I've had a lot of success that weren't necessarily my favorite racetracks. I won a lot of races at Laguna. I won a lot of races at Barber, New Jersey. And uh, so I, I've been pretty fortunate that I, I didn't have too many bad tracks on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. If you were to um, write a script, you know, for like the next five years, family, career, what are some things you you have <laughs> you have hope? I, I think it's kind um, of an odd question, I know. <laughs> I think um, it, it would, I, I don't know how I could, like, I hadn't yeah. scripted anything till now, and my life's been pretty exceptional. You pretty know, exceptional, not ex it, not acceptable. It's, pretty it's exceptional. blessed, you yes. know. And, blessed and is a good word. And so, like, I've I've already lived a life that nobody deserves in this world, and so I feel lucky to have had and done this, and everything from this point's a bonus. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know the successes and the the achievements isn't really a matter of pride it almost makes you humble because you're like this is happening this has happened to me and i'm so grateful so thankful like, I, so blessed. i graduated high school started community college and tried to go racing at the same time yeah. and like no idea what i was going to do with my life I, I really didn't know when i graduated high school i didn't know club racing existed so i didn't know this could happen for me yeah and i mean i, I wanted to be a pilot i wanted to be in the in the military and fly fighter aircraft and I was told really young it wouldn't work for me because I had bad eyes. And yeah. so I kind of, I found the next best thing somehow. And, and the and fact that are. I've been as, as successful as I have been and that people I only watched on TV, my name would be up there with their names is uh, pretty humbling. And yes. I, I like, they're, they're, you look back and you go, man, if this had been different or if this had been different, maybe I'd have been in Grand Prix or I would have been here or there, but man, but I ended you, up where I was supposed yeah. to be. And then you think about, you know, if this wouldn't have happened or this would have happened, it might have derailed and put you off in a different uh, direction. I, you, my you, first street bike, I crashed. And I was like, yeah. the next day, I was going to sell it and buy a brand new motorcycle from the dealership. And had that happened, I could have never afforded to even try racing. You know, it was devastating in the moment, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have this would have never happened for me, right? A crash so, launched your career, and and I yeah, had several other times. I, I got, you know, got passed over for an opportunity or something that I was really upset about. And if that hadn't happened, this other door would have never opened, yep, and my right. racing may have ended, you know, over a decade ago. That's for sure. So after recovery, I know you've got. It's at the end of the season. You've got to. You, what, you, you're hoping to get back in the saddle maybe next season? <laughs> day, uh, maybe, think, be, maybe by Daytona? I think the Squid Hunter guys and I have a plan for Daytona. We'll, yeah. we'll be there for We'd Daytona. We'd love to see you there again, um, for sure. You know, like I said, I'm fortunate that I have an understanding family in the, in the same house. And yeah. she's uh, like, man, we, we still have to go get that. And so that'll be our first plan and priority. Um, the Squid Hunter guys, sure. the, the group, 
have uh, helped me get to this point where we're now tied with Miguel for that record. And I think they would like to have sole possession of it and help me get there. So yeah. I'm, I have a feeling we will select some rounds next year and try to go after it. The other thing is knowing that Cam Bobier is coming back and he's only about 10 or 12 behind me. You know, he's going to have a decade that he's going to be able to get that record, probably. You know, and you gotta so set, you gotta, I need to pad it a few gotta, so I can make it a little bit harder for that's him. That's right. So you got to push that, it that out there. That would be the goal. So. That would be the goal. Good deal. Well, Josh, I appreciate your time letting us sit down and chat with you a little bit. Last day of the race weekend, last day of the season, and um, I'm glad of, we got to do it. Like, yeah, like, oh, I'm all glad we did too. I'm glad we were able to. I know it. it. So I appreciate you taking some time out for us. This is Rob and Josh Hayes with Road Dirt. Ride life. We want to thank Mimi and Moto.com for their sponsorship of this episode of Road Dirt the Podcast. You can find out more about their children's motorcycling books at Mimi and Moto dot com.